So I'm now trying to eat more, but Hey, I'm bloated. Hey, this is not necessarily helping with my body image. I, you know, it's just this, it's everything's connected. It really is. And that's what makes it so hard. I think for athletes to get out of this cycle, especially if they are getting the message from people around them that not having a period is kind of normal. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I get so many questions from athletes about menstrual cycle, lack of a period, and I'm really excited to kind of deep dive with, with you on some of that today. Yeah, I can't wait. I love talking about this stuff. So cool. So let's just, I like to just jump right in. So inter, I guess, give us a little introduction, maybe share a little bit more about fueled and well nutrition. Yeah. So my name is Brittany Worley. For those of you who are looking at the name on the interview and like, how the heck do you say that? Um, I run fueled and well nutrition, which is a virtual nutrition, private practice. We specialize in helping uh, female athletes and active women who have disordered eating, particularly in recovering their menstrual cycles. But we all know there's like a ton of other things that go into that work too. Um, I dove into private practice during the pandemic because I worked in collegiate sports before that and just saw such a prevalence of disordered eating and stress around food and body that was getting in the way of performance. And then a lot of times those athletes wouldn't have regular cycles and would just be told like, oh, it's normal. And it's totally not. And we'll get into that, right? But um, I really, really love supporting athletes to optimize like not only their health, but then also their performance and menstrual cycle recovery is just like a really big part of that, especially for female athletes. Yeah. I love that. I cannot tell you how many times an athlete has messaged me or started working with me and been like, Hey, for years, I didn't have a menstrual cycle and I thought it was normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is so accepted in like the sports community and I really wonder like how that came about, like how we started just like dismissing it as like something that happens, but it's totally not normal and it's something we can work on. So, yeah, I even remember like when I was playing, like I thought it was normal. I remember going to my physician and being like told that, "Hey, you know, oh, you're an athlete. Like, it's okay that you don't have a menstrual cycle or, Hey, you're an athlete. So it's okay that you don't have it when you're training, but you'll get it back when you stop training. Like that's okay. There's no health implications. You're all right. Yeah. And it is, it's so like, because you're active or because you're young. And I'm like, I've had athletes who are told that and I'm like, 18 is not young. Do not be getting like, there's so many different um, reasons why it will be dismissed. And that's just doing athletes a total disservice because without regular cycles and like solid hormonal health, you are not going to be able to reach your full potential as an athlete, but we don't, we're not told that. So we don't worry about it. We have got other things to worry about, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've talked a lot already about like how important it is and how there's like a misconception around it. 
um, for those athletes that are listening that are like, why is it so important? Right. Like sometimes we can't, the only symptom that we get from underfueling is a lack of a period, but is there anything else going on? Like, why is this so important? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, typically, even if an athlete isn't noticing a lot of other system or symptoms, right. Um, when we are missing a regular period, that is a sign that our body is in a state of low energy availability, meaning our body doesn't have adequate resources to do everything that it needs to do. And so it starts to have to make some difficult choices, right? If I don't have all the energy I need to train, to recover, to get through school, to, you know, the list goes on and on and on, then I'm going to start to shave off the things that are a little bit less important. And so things like maybe, you know, mental clarity and focus starts to get down-regulated. Maybe our gut health starts to get a little bit wonky. You're feeling more bloated or like you're so full five hours after you ate, right? There's all of these systems that your body starts to say, okay, those aren't essential. Like maybe my heart and lungs and getting through practice are, um, and our hormonal health or our reproductive health becomes another one of those non-essential systems that basically just like gets down-regulated. So a lot of times when athletes come to me and they say, oh, I'm not getting a period, but my doctor said it's normal and everything else is fine. Once we really get into it, it turns out, oh yeah, I do like get a lot more bloated than I used to. Or I think I'm allergic to gluten and dairy now. My stomach can't handle any of that. Or um, I'm just so sore, like no matter what I do after practices, and that used to not be the case. As we start to dig, we start to see, okay, the period missing is like a really obvious sign, but it's also an indicator that with that low energy state, you've probably got other systems being compromised too. Yes. Talk, I would love to dive in a little bit more about the bloating. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time athletes are like, how am I under fueling if I'm bloated, right? Like I'm not hungry. How is this related? I would love to hear more about that. Yes. I, I would love to talk about it. I actually just was working with an athlete. Uh, I saw her last week and we had this whole conversation. So um, again, when we think about um, if I'm not getting a regular cycle, that's a sign that my body isn't getting enough energy, calories, fuel, however you like to think about it to do everything. And it's had to start to prioritize some body functions over others. Um, everybody is going to have that prioritization show up differently, but a really common one is that our like gut motility, meaning the movement and the like the contraction of the muscles that actually work our GI system are going to start to take a little bit of a break because like they're not that well fueled anymore. Right. And so that can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show up with, you know, I eat a little bit like a portion that used to be really small and all of a sudden I'm full. Right. Maybe that athlete is experiencing like what we call gastroparesis, which is where the muscles in your stomach have slowed down. They're not moving food through as quickly. So something that used to not fill you up feels like a ton of food now. Or maybe you're having bloating happen because your gut is not optimized in terms of being able to absorb things, being able to move things through your intestines anymore. And so you do kind of have that feeling of things just like sitting, right? And then you're uncomfortable. And then 
rightfully so, because we see so much stuff about gut health online, you're thinking about what you just ate and you're like, oh shit, I had pasta. Like that must be it. Right. When in reality, if you now assume I got to go gluten-free or I should be eating less carbs, you're probably going to make your energy availability issue worse because the root cause is not the thing you're actually identifying as the problem. So that's what I see a lot um, is like, for example, this athlete I saw last week, she has done so much better with getting her period back, eating more, being comfortable eating more. And she got injured and then she was moving into her off season and she started eating less because her appetite was just like not really there. And she got to our call and she was like, I have not been this bloated in probably a year. I said, okay, well, what has changed? And the big thing that had changed was I'm not as hungry. I've been eating less. And then when I eat, I'm instantly bloated. So that was just a sign right there that her body was like, oh, we don't have enough energy to prioritize this thing. Again, let's put it on the back burner. That's a lot of times where bloat comes up for athletes. And it just sounds like it's a down, it's almost like a downward like spiral. It's like the circle. And I've also seen too, where a lot of these athletes maybe who have low energy availability also have a little bit of body dysmorphia. They're struggling a little bit with body image. So now we've added this bloating into it as well. So I'm now trying to eat more, but Hey, I'm bloated. Hey, this is not necessarily helping with my body image. I, you know, it's just this, it's everything's connected. It really is. And that's what makes it so hard. I think for athletes to get out of this cycle, especially if they are getting the message from people around them that not having a period is kind of normal. Why are they going to push back so hard and try to eat more when it makes them feel worse about their body? And like, why would they bother if they're being told, here, you can take the pill or when you're you know, not running anymore, this will not be a problem. Like, of course, we're going to take that easy out because like dealing with the blow and the body dysmorphia and the disordered eating, like that's hard. It's uncomfortable. It is. It's, it is really, really, really challenging. Yeah. You talked a little bit right there. You mentioned the pill. I know we're not physicians, mm. but I would love to dive into that a little bit. So something that I see a lot of is athletes being told, Hey, you don't have a menstrual cycle. Let's go. Let's go on a birth control. Let's go on a OCP or oral contraceptive pill. Walk us through that a little bit. Again, I'm super pro choice. I'm pro birth control. I'm all about the why. So why is that maybe a good choice? Why is that a bad choice? Yeah, that's a great question. And like you said, right, we are not physicians. Like that is not our, it's not our specialty, but we do know how um, all of these systems play a role together, right? How they all influence each other. So the, I guess the primary issue with going to your doctor saying, hey, I'm not getting a period and being given an oral contraceptive as the answer is that it's going to mask the low energy availability issue that you're still going to have to correct if you want things like your bloating and your, you know, maybe struggles with disordered eating or your bone health. Like you're still going to have to address the fact that you are not adequately fueling and supporting your body if you don't want all those other consequences to keep hanging out, right? All the oral contraceptive is going to do is provide you with some synthetic hormones so that you get what they call like a withdrawal bleed. So like a 
a period, but not really, right? Like, you know, representative of a period, but it's not your body doing it on its own because its hormones are balanced. Um, so it's just kind of masking the issue. And then I'll see athletes go off of the pill five, seven, eight years later. And when they go off of it, they don't get a right, a natural period. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I went all that time thinking I was better quote unquote, but I still haven't corrected any of that underlying stuff. Now, obviously, like you said, very pro-choice, like it's super important to feel like you have options and you can advocate for yourself in your healthcare. So if preventing pregnancy is primary, then what I always encourage athletes to do is work with a dietitian, even if their period comes back when they start taking the pill who is trained in sport and can really help them understand, am I doing enough or does it just look like I'm doing enough because I'm taking this medication now? So you still have work to do, even if you take the pill and you get your period back, it's just going to be a little bit more like, there's gonna be more detective work because we're gonna be masking the issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think that's a really, really good recommendation because if you're on the pill and you're maybe still seeing some of these symptoms that you talked about, yeah. like the low energy, maybe poor bone health, if you're getting um, injured more, you're getting sick more, you're having that bloating that could show that you're still, you still have that low energy availability. Right. Because the, all of like the root causes are still hanging out. We've just checked a box and fixed one of the symptoms, which is your missing period but we haven't done so by adjusting nutrition or lifestyle or body comp. We've just done it with some synthetic hormones. Yeah. We've talked a lot about a missed period. Can you maybe define what, what a missed period is? Like, is that what, like, is that, you know, a period every 60 days? Is that a period, you know, during like during the off season, but not the season vice versa? What I guess constitute a regular period. Yeah. So regular, there is a set like number of days that we ideally want people to be in between, which is between, I believe like 24 and like the high thirties is kind of like a normal cycle length. However, what I tell athletes a lot is if you came into this level of training after you already had a period, right? So let's say you got your first period at 13 you started training really heavily or running like half marathons and marathons at like 17 or 18, what's regular for you is what you experienced in those four years prior to when your training volume got to a point that your body couldn't handle those regular cycles, right? So if you're on the shorter end or the longer end of the cycle, but you've always been that way and then it changes, that can be considered irregular. What we, when we really start to raise a red flag is if you've missed three consecutive cycles. And then another red flag would be what you had said, I think at the top of our conversation, if you are able to get your period in the off season, but as soon as season starts, it goes away, right? So those would be probably like the two most concerning irregularities is more than three consecutive periods missed in a row or this like off season, season, like tug of war. Awesome. You just know so much about this. Like it's so awesome. And I know that you've recently kind of moved into specialization in this, in your practice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's still like so much that I can learn, right? Every time I work with a new athlete, I find out like a new nugget of information and I love it. And so the reason that we really decided to, to focus on helping athletes get their period back is because 
even when we weren't directly speaking to that problem, I would say more than half of the female athletes that wound up in our practice had that issue, but didn't realize how much of an issue it was. So I really wanted to make this pivot to raise awareness really on like, hey, this, even if you've been told this is normal, it really isn't. And you will get so much more out of what you're doing as an athlete if we can address this really, really big gap in your health. I love that. I work with a lot of athletes who are in period recovery right now, and they feel like they're the only ones who are going through that. So it's, it's not reassuring, but hopefully if people are listening and they feel alone in this journey to hear that you're working, you know, you're specializing in this, you made your whole business this because so many athletes are struggling with this. I see athletes in all sports struggling, right? Like I do a lot of work with soccer and team sports and traditionally maybe those sports are not thought of as low energy availability, but you would be, I mean, people would be shocked how many athletes I see in those sports with that low energy availability. Yeah, I totally believe it. I think there's a lot of times a misconception or maybe just like a misunderstanding around, well, you know, I'm not a runner or I'm not a gymnast. I'm not one of these sports that we've been told are like the ones that struggle with body and food and weight and all of that. So like, it's probably not a big deal for me if I don't get it. Like, cause I, cause I don't have a problem, but at the end of the day, unless you have a diagnosed medical condition that affects your menstrual cycle, like PCOS or something, right. Or unless you're taking a medication that suppresses that cycle, like certain birth controls that cause you to skip it. If you are a female athlete above the age of 16 and you don't have your cycle, it's a problem. It doesn't matter what sport you're on. And that's going to affect everything from the systems we've already talked about to your like bone and muscle building capabilities, which like directly impact performance. So the sooner you can address it, the better, right? It just opens you up to more growth as an athlete and you can avoid a lot of those long-term health consequences. Yeah. Also, we I think sometimes when we talk about sports nutrition, we, or athletes automatically think performance, but like you just mentioned, right? Like these are long-term like health issues, right? And we look at, you know, athletes, they're people before they're athletes. So we care about this for your like health and like mental well-being, and not just for, you know, your performance goals. Absolutely. And I know, like, I remember being an athlete and being like, no, 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 performance is the most important. So even if for you, performance feels like the most important thing, just know like not getting a period does negatively impact your performance. And then Riley and I are over here like, also please do it for your health. <laughs> you can you can gain both, right? If you if you just deal with it. So yeah, exactly. So you work with, you know, you kind of specialize in this period recovery. Mm-hmm. Obviously it depends. This recovery is very individualized, right? We know that the dietitian answer is always like, it depends, but if an athlete's listening right now and they're like really resonating with our conversation, if they're like, Hey, I, I don't have my period, right? Like what's the next step? Like how long does this take to get it back? Can you come back in a month? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, that's a great question. So in terms of timeline, you're, you already teed it up. It totally depends. What I would say is you can maybe 
anticipate, take an educated guess on your timeline based on a couple of things. So if you are someone listening who has never had their period, right? And so you'd fall into what we call like that primary amenorrhea category, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer than say if you and your best friend on the team joined a program for this at the same time and she has only missed four periods ever, right? So there is a little bit of an element of if this is our first period ever we're trying to get, there might be a little bit more like of a, you know, uphill battle. Um, and then I forgot what else I was going to say. Hold on. <laughs> um, oh, um, and then if uh, you are on a hormonal contraceptive and if part of figuring this all out is going to be going off of it, there'll be a little bit of like lag time there before we can really see what your body's doing on its own, like maybe a couple months. But what I would say is, like typical for people I work with is anywhere from within the first couple months to maybe six to eight months, unless they are really, really struggling with more of a disordered eating type stuff than we anticipated, or if their body composition is like excessively lean um, or they've never gotten a period before. Those kinds of things will extend the timeline, but it shouldn't take you all that long if you are able to put some of the early steps into place. And so then what those would be, um, I always encourage athletes working on period recovery to be more intentional with their meal timing, because that alone, if you are say doing fasted workouts or going five or six hours in between meals, the likelihood that low energy availability is putting stress on your body is just so much higher. So never going into a workout fasted, um, even if it's first thing in the morning, even if you don't feel hungry, figure out a way to provide your body with some kind of fuel. Um, and then try not to go more than three to four hours without eating. And if you listen to this and you're like, I don't get my period. And also I'm like, not a big fan of carbs. I'm kind of nervous about them. One, like listen to this, all the episodes of this podcast, Riley's all about carbs, but two, try to make your plate as close to half carbs as possible because we are in a recovery and building phase. We're not in a restricting phase when we're working on getting our period back. So those would probably be like the three things I would say you can start with that are very simple, maybe a little scary, but simple. So basically what Brittany is saying is that you need to eat more carbs. Just tying back to this <laughs> yes. podcast. <laughs> it always comes back to that, right? <laughs> Again, I'm not paying her to say that, but... <laughs> We want you to eat more carbs. Um, so I think a lot of, so there, I think there's a lot of myths also, right. With, with period recovery and you definitely yeah. just debunked some with those tips and recommendations. A lot of athletes think, oh my gosh, like I'm going to not be able to do my sport and I'm going to just have to, eat. I don't know. I've heard this where it's like, I just have to sit on the couch and eat ice cream. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Like that is extreme. Also, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Right. But, and some athletes might want to do that, enjoy doing that. Again, nothing wrong with that. Um, but for athletes who are maybe nervous to work with a dietitian or to start this journey, what would you say to those athletes? Yeah. So I would say it's totally okay to be nervous, right? Making any sort of change that we think might affect our standing on the team, might affect our body composition, the way we see our bodies, like 
it's scary. Um, but if you are noticing that you don't have a period and there are other things going on that you are unhappy with, right? Like we talked about gut health, maybe you got a DEXA, a bone scan that doesn't look great. Maybe no matter how hard you try, you're just not getting any stronger. You're not noticing improvements in your sport. Like working on recovering your period is going to support all of those things working themselves out, right? That's not to say that it's a cure-all, but like it is so connected to all those other body systems that it's never going to hurt your performance to focus on this. And there are ways that we can work within what you have going on and what your priorities are. Every once in a while, I have an athlete who, regardless of how much we adjust food, their body is just really taxed by training. And maybe that just looks like I'm going to minimize my high intensity days, make them really effective, work with my coach and my strength coach and make sure I'm getting the most out of those, but I'm not overdoing them or I'm going to give up on my, you know, voluntary runs that I do on my off days. But you don't have to say, well, I'm not getting a period. So now that means no sport for me sitting on the couch, eating ice cream. Like you said, you can do that. But if that feels terrifying and like not the route you want to go, it that's not the route you have to take. <laughs> exactly. A lot of athletes too, I think, feel like they're missing out and they're going to lose their like athletic ability or that they feel yeah. like they're not bettering themselves if they're removed from training. But mm-hmm. it just goes back to like, maybe our focus just needs to shift and you recovering your period, you increasing your energy availability is what is going to actually make you a better athlete now. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it sucks, right? Anytime you're having to pull back from training, but like when you sprain your ankle, like if you play on that sprained ankle for the next three weeks, like, sure, you got to be in practice, but eventually the other shoe is going to drop and it is going to derail your performance. Same thing with not getting a period. It's like a, like a metabolic injury, right? It's like an internal systemic injury that you can ignore for as long as you dang well please. But eventually, if you do want to get better, you're going to have to reckon with it. And again, that does not mean that, you know, you cannot maintain your athletic identity, keep parts of sport around. It just means it might look a little bit different in the meantime. I love that. Definitely. Before we jump into our little end of pod questions, I just want to Make sure that athletes who are listening know how your programs work, how you can help them recover their period. Um, if that's something that, again, if this is resonating with them, if they're looking for a dietitian to support them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find all of our like programs and information and all that at fueledandwell.com. We have um, a group program that's starting in March where you'll get a combination of one-on-one and group support and then some like pre-done education to all really specific to period recovery for athletes. If you're listening and you're like, I'm not an athlete, which like if you landed here, you probably, you know, are, but if you don't consider yourself one, you're just super active and you aren't getting your period, our program will be absolutely applicable to you as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's going to be a really great combination of resources, action items, and both that group and one-on-one. So you get tons of different support. And like Riley had said, it can feel really isolating sometimes if you're like the only person that you know of, or maybe on your team working on this, but luckily in our program, you won't be alone. We'll all be working towards the same thing. Oh, I love that. 
again, it, it just can feel so isolating. So I love that you have that like group support. It's amazing. Yeah. It's something that I currently I'm working, you know, all one-on-one with my period recovery clients. And I'm like, I'm always telling them about each other in the most vague HIPAA compliant way that I can just to reassure them. Like there's literally somebody else I talked to today that is having the same exact concern. So I think that group aspect is going to be really, really cool. So by the time this episode goes live, there'll be a link to sign up and all that, but it's coming in March. Yeah. I'll make sure to put that below. Um, and you, like you guys, the group thing is so huge. Like even in like the performance feeling club that I have, like they're all friends with each other. I'm like, I don't even need to be on this call. Like you guys got this. <laughs> like y'all don't need me. You are like a community all of your own. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like I, and I think about it too. Like, um, I miss that team and community aspect of like traditional sport so much. So even if you're like, you know, maybe you're, you know, running and like training on your own now, it's just really nice to feel like a part of a group again. It's super cool. So Love that. We'll make sure to link everything below so people can find you. Um, And then I have a couple more questions. Just, I always do these at the end, but I would love to hear what your favorite carbohydrate is because we're the Eat More Carbs podcast. Well, it's a perfect question. So I am currently about five months pregnant and my favorite carb is bagels right now. Just any kind, any way, like what a perfect vehicle to get carbs in my body. <laughs> I love that. I need to start making like a tally because somebody else said bagels. Mm-hmm. Um, are you like sweet bagel? Like, do we like a cinnamon sugar type bagel or do we like, like a sesame or are we savory or is that maybe changed with pregnancy? I'm, I'm really actually curious. <laughs> yeah. So in general with pregnancy, I've been way more towards savory, but a bagel is normally like the sweet thing that I want in the morning. So whether it's like blueberry or cinnamon raisin or plain, but then I add like cream cheese and strawberries on top, like, ugh, like literally any which way right now is so great. <laughs> I love the strawberries. I've never thought about that. That's fun. Yeah. If you slice them thin, mm, it's, it's great. <laughs> like a strawberries and cream like vibe going on. I exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. Cool. I'll have to try it. Um, what about your favorite pre-workout? Oh, I'm so boring, but genuinely like a banana, like portable, simple, always hits the spot. Love it. Also very affordable. Yes. We love that. (laughs) I get them at Costco. Nice and cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what about post-workout? So post-workout, I now work from home and like, don't have to worry about things being as portable. So I'm usually that person that is just going to come home and like have my next meal um, but if I am on the go, I'm a sucker for like a $9 smoothie that I could totally make at home. <laughs> What's your favorite? Are we like blueberry, strawberry? Mm. So there is a place around here called Nectar um, that does like juices, Nectar. which like, yeah, not your best post-recovery, but they also do smoothies. Um, so I love like a tropical type of one from there, whether it's like mango or papaya or whatever with some whey protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, all right. I'm a big shoe girl. What's your favorite pair of kicks? Yeah. So I used to be like really like functional only, right? Like whatever shoe is the best for my foot. And then I found the most adorable pair of Air Max Dons at Nordstrom last year. And they're my whole personality. They have like five colors cool. on them. I love them so much. They're like how I dress up in all black workout outfit. <laughs> 
And that's what being 30 is like. Now I think like colorful sho shoes are cool. So, but. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I always link the shoes down below too. So everybody will be able to see all your colors. Your I love shoes. that. <laughs> um, so you have your program, right? Fueled and Nutrition. Where can people find you or reach out to you? Like where's social media, website? Yeah. So we are on Instagram and TikTok. We're currently changing our handle, but by the time this comes out, that'll be changed. Um, so we'll link that. And then our website is fueledandwell.com. Awesome. Cool. I'll make sure to link that below as well. But thanks again for being on. This has been such a fun conversation and I know it's going to resonate and help so many athletes. So thanks again. I really appreciate you being on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I would love for you to subscribe so you would never miss an episode and then leave us a five-star rating and review so other athletes can find us. If you ever have sports nutrition questions, I'm always here for you. I would love to chat with you to make sure that you're doing everything to meet your goals on and off the field. Please reach out if you have any questions. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at riley.baity.nutrition. Again, thanks for listening and make sure to eat more carbs.